Week four, parables. Um, I actually wrote this series that's going to be forever long because I had this message in my heart. What's weird is I had the message in my heart um, and I hadn't read really the scripture. I just kind of felt like God gave me a, a vision for this passage and I wasn't really aware of it. I came up with the idea for this series and really felt like God wanted to do it. But then when I read the verse, I was like, well, that's not even really a parable. And so um, anyways, Lord's going to tell a story and then uh, they're actually they're going to show us a story about the Lord, and then he's going to tell a one-sentence story, and that story is today's parable. It's not really a parable. It's kind of a story. We're going to go with it. Here we go. Will y'all stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's Word? I, I think that this is powerful, and I wish I had more time to go into it, but um, I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as I can. I really think that each word that I shared today is, 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 uh, is precise. Do everything you can to not daydream today. You don't want to miss this. Uh, then they brought to him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. Wow, can you imagine that? All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against uh, itself will be ruined. And every city and household divided against itself will not stand. But if Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How can his kingdom even stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub... By whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. Uh, But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Praise God. Or anyone, uh, or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who, who, who does not uh, gather with me scatters. Jesus, would you help? Amen. Amen, 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 amen. I think this story is awesome. Uh, what I also know is that I've seen situations like this um, in real life. Uh, I've also seen situations like this in what we call the American church. And while many of you hear this passage and say, man, it'd be really awesome if this happens in our, if I could see something like that. I can tell you right now that I've experienced what happens when the American church sees things like this and it freaks them out to no end. And they respond like the Pharisees responded and say, well, that's got to be the devil or I'm never going back to that church. Them folks are crazy. And let me just tell you, if you read the Bible, crazy things are going to happen. And so we want to see God do what God does in Scripture, but when it happens, it's hard. I'd love to see demons cast out. And I just want you to know, it's real and it's ugly. My first point today is this. We live in a spiritual world. I want to make sure you're aware of that. So while like as Americans, like, So many things like evil spirits are so much more prevalent overseas. 
But for whatever reason, in the American culture, the enemy has found a strategy to be more subtle. And that subtleness that he has here within the American culture, I believe, is so much more dangerous. I would almost rather there be just crazy manifestations everywhere because it'd be easier for people to see. But how subtle it is here in America is dangerous. We live in a spiritual world. And I think about the story from 2 Kings chapter 8 of, uh, of my man Elisha. When uh, in, 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 in this story, uh, King Ahab, or uh, Aram, I'm sorry, was trying to attack Israel. And, is, and Isaiah, I, <laughs> Elisha kept getting a word, knowing what was going to happen. And he kept strategically opposing uh, this king. Finally, this king just said, where's Elisha at? We're going to attack him. So Elisha went to sleep one night and his servant woke up to see an army, chariots, all around the city ready to attack and kill Elisha. And he says, he wakes up, the servant wakes him up and says, man, they're here to attack. We, like, we, this is terrible. And he says, man, just relax. And he prayed to the Lord and he said, Lord, I pray that you open my servant's eyes. Enemies all around. And he says, I pray that you open his eyes. And he opens his eyes and he sees there are chariots of fire all around the other army. And uh, that's where we get that song by, uh, that we sing at church. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm... Because what we didn't know was that it looks like the enemy is against us, but the enemy doesn't know he's actually surrounded. And I wish that we could see with our eyes and perceive what is really happening even in this room and in our lives today. We're living in a spiritual world. Paul would say, uh, the, I love the quote from The Unusual Suspects. Some of you guys may have seen it. Super cool movie. And they said this, the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think of uh, uh, even, even quotes from, from um, Antoine LaVey, who used to be the, 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 the president of the Satanic Church. And he would say, uh, you don't have to worship uh, the devil. If you don't worship the Lord, you're already serving the devil. There is a reality that the enemy is real, and he's here to steal and destroy. And what is really terrible for me as a pastor is I have seen the havoc that he creates. And what's unfortunate is as this havoc is happening, even amongst God's people, we are reasoning. We're trying to explain things in the natural, things that are really, according to our apostle Paul, says is actually happening in the supernatural. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, he says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Against the devil's schemes. We're going to come back to that. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of the evil in heavenly realms. Imagine we're fighting the enemy's schemes. We're going to 
talk about that here. I want you to know that that's really the only thing that the devil has. He doesn't have any great weapon against you. He just strategizes. He's really just trying to trick you. And the unfortunate side is he knows you. He knows your buttons. He knows your wounds. He's learned your insecurities. He's learned your desires. He knows just when to push the button. What gets you to shut down? What gets you to rise up? What gets you to, do you understand what I'm saying? But he doesn't make you do it. The enemy can't trick you. He can't make you think that. He can't get you to say that. He can't do it. He convinces you to do it. You do his work unintentionally. That's why Paul says, put on the full armor of God. Because when you wake up and you pray, it's like you're, you're, you're readying yourself to have discernment today. And you know, wait, this thought isn't from the Lord. My, my, my boss wouldn't think that about me. My, 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 my wife wouldn't think that about me. My kids, like, where are these thoughts coming from? That's not the Lord. This is what the Lord, this is what the Lord would say. This is what the scripture says. Hmm, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. We live in a spiritual world. Uh, part two, the authority is yours. Why I hate, 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 hate having sermons that talks about the enemy and about the devil is because it's, it's really silly and it's really trivial uh, because he is really nothing. He has no weapon against us. Do you understand this? The authority is that Jesus gave you all authority. He's really under our feet. He really has to ask for your permission to be over you. This is what he tried doing with Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted. And the enemy, if you can see the conversation between Jesus and the enemy, he's really trying to convince Jesus to submit to him. Hey, hey, would you mind doing this for me? Hey, why don't you do this? He's trying to trick you into saying something stupid or being like, like, uh, I, can't, I am, this is not part of my sermon. Uh, listen, all authority is yours. We know in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, this is probably one of the most important verses that we have as believers. The mission of our church comes from this. He says, he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. All authority has been given to me. So I want you to understand what some of that authority means, friends. It means he is the light of the world. Now, you are the light of the world. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are kind of a big deal. Christ, Paul would call us his ambassadors. He would call us, you understand what I'm saying here? Okay, watch this. Um, Teresa used this verse last night. It, babe, it was so wonderful. I had the key in my pocket this morning. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. That whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Really, what we don't understand is from the beginning of time in the book of Genesis. Please go back and read it. It was designed for mankind to rule the earth and subdue it. Everything actually has to come through you. Somehow, through failure or events of hurt, or things the enemy has tricked you into convincing you that you aren't that good, that you're not that strong. But the way the Lord designed it is that you are now his son. 
You are now his daughter. And the scripture says that if, if you suffer with him, then you'll reign with him. He says that you become co-heirs with Christ. You are a Christ on the earth. He designed you in Genesis to lord over the earth. All of the animals in Genesis chapter 3 came to Adam and he named them one by one. I wish I could do that fishing. You know what I'm talking about? Where's the tuna at? Come here, buddy. I'll give you a name. You're skipper. Get in the boat. Come on, buddy. Uh, you're called dinner. That's what you're called. Uh, listen, but anyways, in the, in the scripture, uh, uh, I, the idea was is that authority would be in you. And so I need you to understand that the gospel is restoring to you who he designed you to be. You are made in his image. Now, I have to say all that to get back to this point here. Authority is yours. Um, the third thing, and really this is, this is the, the bulk of my message, is in that passage, he, let me just read it to you again. Uh, can we go back to Matthew chapter 12? He says, um, or again, how? because he's talking about a kingdom against itself won't stand. So be careful because the enemy would love to get you fight against your brethren. Fight against your, your, your spouse. Fight against uh, the, the, the church. It, it wants to always shift the blame that it's other people's fault. But in this passage here, what I love then is he comes back and he says, or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man and then he can plunder his house? I want you to know there's nowhere in scripture that I believe I have found a scenario where the enemy is greater than us or is stronger than us. And in this illustration, I do not believe it says anywhere. Can we do it one more time? I do not believe it says anywhere there that this, this thief wrestled the strong man of the house or beat him or any of these things. The scripture says that the enemy is like a roaring lion. He just, he's just noise. But his noise feels threatening. And I think what happens often is that we surrender our authority to the enemy. We surrender our, our authority. And here's what happens. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm concerned about the havoc that we have allowed in our homes. I'm concerned about the havoc that we have allowed in our church. I am so, well, the havoc that he has happened in our city. You need to understand, we have the keys to the city. It's ours. You are far greater than you think you are. The Lord's plan, you're part of it. And I have to make sure you understand the significance of that. Now, this is not a your great message. And this is not the enemy a strong message. This is really a Jesus is great message. But greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. And so what does it look like when, the, when a thief comes in and binds the strong man? Well, I think the aftermath is that he raves the havoc is to steal, kill, and destroy. I think it happens when he steals our finances. Or he steals, uh, he raises havoc in a marriage or in, in, in relationship with kids or, 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 or separation with other people. I, I, I see the aftermath as people feel like they have no one in their life that they can love or trust. Or they have no friends or they, he, he isolates us. But before that, I see this conversation where the enemy is in a household and then the strong man is bound. So let me say a couple things. One, 
First thing I want to make sure you understand, men, we have a responsibility. It's us. Now today, I wanted to make sure that I was a symbol of manhood today. So I grew my beard extra long today, wearing my boots. I got the tough look going on. I am a strong man, babe. Come on. That's right. I got a plaid. I look like a lumberjack, you know. Where are the men at? Men, we have a responsibility to be men. There's something to be said about standing up for your family and fighting for your family. This is important. This is crucial. Now, as I would say that, that's one. Two, I want to make sure that everyone knows whether you're the man or the woman or the kid or whoever you are, you are significantly anointed to possess authority. One of the worst things that we can do if a a thief broke into the house is if the strong man got bound, that everyone else just gives up. Heck no, Jack. I love reading stories online of little kids that chase the thief out of the house with dad's shotgun. You can read it online. <laughs> like, look, you, you have possess authority. And I think sometimes the excuse is, I'm not going to fight because they're not fighting. Well, that's dumb. Who said that's okay? I'm not going to pray because they're not praying. Well, how's that going to work out? Tell me about that luck. Or I'm going to wait for this person to lead or this person to initiate or this to happen. Listen, no, no. I look at mother nature and I see ain't no mother bear waiting for papa bear to come home to protect her cubs. Authority. And in this story, I don't think the strong man was bound. I think the strong man gave up his authority. He relinquished it. He said, well, here you go. And here's then what happens. When someone doesn't take their authority and begin leading like they're supposed to, then we go in any direction. We cast off and we just allow things to happen naturally. Vision doesn't happen naturally. We never end up where we're supposed to accidentally. We have vision, we have purpose, we have direction, and we are leading What havoc have we allowed on our watch? Does this make sense? And so I wonder what has been stolen from you? And the way I think about this, practically, this is how the, I think of the questions that the enemy is doing in our marriages or amongst our children or in our finances where we quit before we even start fighting. As I was reading the, the, the scenario of Ephesians chapter 6 and putting on the full armor of God, I think one of the places that we give up authority the easiest and the fastest is within the home. And I think it's the, because it's a place where we feel the most comfortable. And so maybe that's the place where we, we get home from a long day's work and we take our armor off and we set it next to the couch. And then we're the, it was easily offended. Or the most easily, like this isn't, I'm too tired to do this right now. Wouldn't the enemy love to get you? And so I'm trying to think of some of the things that we've said where we've given up authority and the enemy has raised havoc in our lives. What about, have anyone said recently, I'm too tired to do that? I just, I'm just tired. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Okay, try that out. If God said it's good, it's worth fighting for. 
And if you don't want to fight for it, I want to let you know there is an enemy that will take your crown. And I just don't want anything that God has called me to manage or Lord over to give the enemy any kind of foothold in it. So what that means is I got to put my armor back on and take my, well, well, that hurts my feelings or I'm too scared to do that or I don't have the resources to do that. It's okay. And enemy comes in, he says, hey man, um, stick him up, you know? I don't know what movie it was, but I remember there was a movie where a guy came with a, with a fake gun in his pocket. And uh, what movie was that? What was it? Feel the Dreams. Yeah, it was, man. That's exactly right. With Christopher, uh, Kevin Costner. You need no gun in your hand. That's your fingers, you know? And he tries to get him to, uh, uh, James Earl Jones. All right, this is a rabbit trail. I can't do that. Okay. Uh, it's your fault, man. Come on, it's going to do that. And I feel like the enemy is like, hey, stick them up. Put these binds on. And you're like, all right. And now I can't fight back. And now I don't have any fight in me. There are things that you said that were good that you believe are worth fighting for. And so right now, I'm just trying to think right now about the spaces and the places of our lives that God has anointed you to lead in and govern and lord over. That we've just allowed. Hopefully he won't steal too much. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. This parable is kind of funny to me because what I see in this parable is Jesus is doing his work casting out the devil. Actually, he, he, he just rebukes the spirit and I think a lot of times we think that spiritual warfare means we have to yell at the devil and all these other things. Mostly you just resist the devil and he'll flee. Let him know he's an idiot. Most spiritual warfare, you don't have to do a whole lot. Really, if we just keep our eyes on Christ, most spiritual warfare will take care of itself. Did you hear that? That's a good word. He is way bigger and way more anointed, and darkness doesn't, doesn't like being in the light. So keep your scripture open, keep it alive in your heart. He'll reveal all the schemes of the enemy. But I just think about how many snares I've stepped in where the enemy knew, man, if this gets said, oh, I know what I'm going to do to them. And, and they just get said, and we just sh go to shutdown mode. We go to quit mode. We go to anger mode. We go to whatever mode you have. You're responsible for your words and your actions and your thoughts, and the Lord made it that way. There's nothing that we can't do, and there's nothing we're not resourced to do it. So if you want to quit on a vision or a dream that God gave you, that's on you. But if he told you to do it, then do it. And sometimes it gets scary and it feels like I, I can't do it or I'm not ready. And the enemy's going to tell you all kinds of things to get you to quit before you get started. Life is hard. And it's hard when you have an enemy to fight. And you don't even realize that you're in a fight. That's the hard thing. We look for all these natural excuses. Like they'll never change or I'll never have that. Or I wasn't born into that kind of family where I got all these things given to me. It's hard for everyone. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's all I got for you today. Here's what I know. I hate talking about the devil because he's really under my feet. I learned a trick uh, years ago. Um, it's about, uh, 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 we have push brooms. You know what a big push broom is? 
They're heavy on top, you know, whatever, on the bottom. But if you flip it upside down and you try to hold on to it, um, you look at your hand, you're gonna drop that broom every time if you try to do it with one hand. But if you just look up, you can balance that thing forever. It's crazy. And I think sometimes we get thinking about the enemy. I just want you to be aware of the spiritual things that's happening around us that we have convinced ourselves is natural. It's just the way they are. It's just the way it is. I'll never have those things. But that doesn't line up with scripture. So we have to retrain our brain to recognize what God said is truth. And we keep our eyes on Christ. So please don't spend this week rebuking the devil. Don't, that, no, spend this week praising the Lord. Let's take authority that Jesus gave you when he anointed you. And I would also just make sure you understand that there's no bad theology in this here. You don't have authority. Christ in you has authority. And so we want to keep that the center of our life. 